simple topic, but I want to speak about one vision. I want to speak today about one vision. One vision. This was brought up over the weekend, uh, the importance of having one vision and everyone being on the same page. I think it is important for me as the pastor to not just talk about the vision one time a year, but constantly speak about what the vision is and that we stay on the same page with the vision and so that the things that we do it centers around the vision amen so I want to speak today on one vision and so Acts chapter 4 is where we will take our key text from starting at verse number 32 and it says here in the word of the Lord, and the multitude of them that believed were of one heart and of one soul. Neither said any of them that aught of the things which he possessed was his own, but they had all things common and with great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. The Bible says, let's read verse 33 again, and with great power gave the apostles witness. So the scripture here is letting us know that they were given great authority. Authority was given to the apostles to be a witness and that is important that God has given us the authority to be a witness and so verse number 34 continues on and says neither was there any among them that lacked oh hallelujah for as many as were possessors of lands or houses sold them and brought the prices of the things that were sold and laid them down at the apostles' feet. And the distribution was made unto every man according as he had. Somebody say one vision. There were some events that happened before, during, and after the Azusa Street Revival. If you look back to the Azusa Street Revival, you can look and correlate the events that were taking place in history during that massive breakout, if you will, of the outpouring of the Holy Ghost. These events that were taking place were great earthquakes were going on in the land. A pandemic was taking place. A world war, religious persecution, presidential assassination, racism as in Jim Crow laws were being put into effect, a rise of communism, immigration waves were taking place, economic and social disparity. Does any of this sound familiar? So the question becomes is, then now tell me why we can't have revival today. There's no reason why we cannot have revival today. Amen. So I will continue to challenge myself. I will continue to challenge every believer to rethink possible. We must rethink possible. It is not about our capability, but God's capability. So the Bible says in the book of Mark chapter number 23, Jesus said unto him, if thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. All things are possible to him that believeth. So we must have a mind to work, church. We must have a mind to be on one accord 
and to work but our work must be in the same direction what good would it be if i'm working to the right and someone else is going to the left we're not on one accord we must work together the bible says in nehemiah chapter 4 verse number 6 so built we the wall not i the wall not just some the wall, but every one of them. So built we the wall. And all the wall was joined together unto the half thereof. Why? For the people had a mind to work. So in order to put in the work, they had to be present. In order to get something done, you and I, we must be here. There are some opportunities that have been given to me, not because I deserved it, but simply because I was in the right place at the right time. I was present. I want to encourage this church that, and also individuals, that you don't need to be gifted for us to have revival in this church. No, you just need to be present. Presence doesn't require anything but you. I have seen many churches throughout my lifetime that have all the talent in the world, but they have no revival. They have no harvest. Why? Because people, they are lacking presence. People must be here. And I truly am trying to encourage the people to really grab hold to that because your presence means everything. When we are simply here, the Lord is able to do miraculous things for anybody at any time. Do not think for one second because you cannot do this or you cannot do that. I don't know what I can bring to the table. Oh, you bring a lot to the table. Just be here. Just be here. Your presence means everything. Without you and I just showing up in the house of the God, it limits what the Lord can do and will do through you. It does not limit him what he chooses to do in the house of the Lord, but what he can do with you and through you. How many of you have ever come to the house of the Lord feeling down, feeling tired, feeling weak, feeling like I don't know why I'm here, but all of a sudden the Holy Ghost begins to move and it begins to quicken your spirit and all of a sudden you say, Lord, I'm thankful that I simply showed up today. Yes. Oh yes, it does. It happens when we are present. Just be here. Just be present. Can I take it a little bit further? Be here on Sunday morning. Be here on Sunday evening. Be here on Wednesday. Be here on family prayer. Be here anytime you can. Just be present. Just be present. We must press our way to the house of the Lord. We've pressed our way to many places else. Oh, you better believe it. We will press our way to that mall. What time it close? I got 15 minutes. Oh, I know I'm telling the truth. You come out with 10 bags in 15 minutes. Like, how, how, how did that happen? 10 bags in 15 minutes. That's right. So I want to tell somebody... Don't allow the enemy to tell you, well, I'm not, I'm going to be late, so I might as well stay home. 
Oh, well, they've already started. Well, you know, the preacher probably up by now, so I'm going to stay home. No, you just come in for the best part. See, you must understand that the preaching and the altar call are the two most important things to receive in the house of the Lord. All the singing is just preparation for what God is trying to get into your spirit. We need more preaching and we need more altar calls. When we get to heaven, there will be no preaching and no altar calls. There will be no need for it. All there will be is worship. Some people say, well, that's all we need to do here. No, because worship won't get you into heaven. Oh, that, 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 oh y'all missed that. Uh-huh. Just simply singing songs unto the Lord won't get you there. But we need preaching. We need an altar call. We need people to repent, turn from their ways. Amen. That's what we need more of so that you can have all the singing you want in heaven. Praise God. Just be here. That's why the Bible says how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. Unity. We pray for revival all the time. One of the bishops, I believe it was Bishop Stark, could have been Bishop Mitchell said, we pray for revival all the time. But he said, if we have unity, we will have revival. If we have unity, we will have revival. For the Bible says in Ephesians chapter four, starting at verse number three, endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one spirit, even as ye are called in one hope of your calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and father of all who is above all and through all and in you all. Verse number 10 says, he that descended is the same also that ascended. If you want a one God, a oneness scripture, there you go right there. He that descended is the, somebody say the same. <laughs> uh -huh, there's not two different gods. It's the same. The same one that went up, Jesus Christ, same one that came down. Amen. Came down in the spirit, went up in the flesh as Jesus Christ. He that descended is the same also that ascended up far above all heavens that he might feel all things and he that same God he Jesus Christ gave some apostles he gave some prophets he gave some evangelists he gave some pastors and teachers why for the perfecting of the saints for the work of the ministry for the edifying of the body of Christ till we all come in the unity of the faith the unity of the faith it's important for us to be one in the faith unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the son of god so that we may have somebody say understanding that we may have knowledge of the son of god unto a perfect or mature man unto a mature person 
that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness. There are people that are lying in wait for you and I, trying to convince us that there is not one God, trying to convince us that we should not be baptized in that name, trying to convince us that we do not need to be filled with the Holy Ghost, trying to convince us that we do not have to live a holy and separate life from the world. I'm telling you, they're lying in wait with cunning craftiness with slick words trying to make you think well maybe i maybe wait i don't know what to think that's why it's important to be present that's why it's important to be here i'm trying to help somebody here today because i'm telling you if you can get this into your spirit then you can pour it out of yourself and help somebody else because when someone else tries to challenge you and try to say, oh, you don't need to go there, you they say, no, you need to be there yourself. <laughs> Amen. Uh-huh. Instead of scratching your head, wondering, well, maybe I can take, maybe, maybe, no, you say, no, I'm going. I'm running to the house of the Lord. It's one thing that I have desired of the Lord. That will I seek after. I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days in my life. Matter of fact, are you coming? Because I got an empty seat in the back seat. Or, amen. So it's important. Why? Because they lie in wait. The Bible says in verse number 14, that latter part whereby they lie in wait. How? Doing what? To deceive. But speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth according to the effectual working in the measure of every part maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself how in love in love lord i pray in the name of jesus baptize us with love baptize us with a godly love baptize us lord with an agape love help us jesus oh god you look beyond our faults you saw our needs so help us lord not to hold things against people help us oh god to have a true godly love help us lord to display it in our actions help us lord just not to speak it and say that we believe it but help us lord to put it into motion somebody say in jesus name edifying itself in love when i was speaking about the vision back in january i spoke often about the experience i spoke often about the experience and how important it is for not only our members but our guests to have a good experience i should probably reverse that not only our guests but also our members to have a great experience oftentimes we can look by our members and say oh well they be here they'll be back tomorrow and then we just go for the guests to make sure they are treated very well it's good to make sure our guests are treated well but it's also important that every member is treated very well as well so that means the same smile the same energy the same handshake the same high five whatever it is that we engage our guests with it's important for you and I to engage in that as well. Do not get to a place where we take one another for granted. Amen. We should don't let's not get to a place where we take one another 
for granted. Uh, we, I don't want to get to a place where we just walk by two, three, four people, then we get to that fifth person and all of a sudden we have a smile on our face. We just don't know what those people are going through at that particular time. Right. So it's important that we engage and not take for granted one another and speak to one another and smile and encourage one another, uplift one another. Amen. Pray for one another. So the experience our members have and the experience our guests have are equally important. From the moment a person hits the parking lot until they leave, it is important. I spoke about parking lot, making sure it's right. It's not dirty. The landscaping is kept up. Things are looking good. Everything affects the experience. And even as we speak right now and things are not quite blooming, things are not quite um, coming out and blossoming yet, man, doesn't Brother Carter do a phenomenal job of keeping things looking good? Amen. Now, I say that with intent because you and I should have that same mindset, if you will, that if we see things in the parking lot, if we see things in the landscape that we can pick up, that we can straighten up a little bit then we need to do that because it matters. This is our church. This is our landscaping. This is our parking lot. This is our ground that the Lord has blessed us with. And it matters. Amen. It matters. Now, I'm not talking about you don't like a rock somewhere, so you pick up the rock and move it somewhere else. <laughs> I'm not talking about rearranging the landscape, all right? I'm just talking about just the upkeep, because I got to say that to some folks. There's some folks, y'all be out there right now. Y'all never did like the way that was set up. Pastor gave me permission to move the whole, they'd be picking up whole plants. I'm trying to help you, Brother Carter, okay? I'm trying to help you. It's important. It affects the experience. There are more people leaving churches because of the experience over the preaching and the singing. Amen. We invite people to church and say, come here, my pastor. Come listen to our singing. But if their experience is not right, meaning have how you make someone feel, how you make someone or how we treat them. If that is not right, they will leave. One of my favorite quotes that I shared before by Maya Angelou, it simply says, I've learned that people will forget what you said. People will also forget what you did, but people will never forget how you made them feel. I don't care how good I preach or how good the singing is, our guests will not return and members will feel unappreciated if the experience is not right. Somebody say one vision. We've got one vision. The experience must be right. That is part of the vision that our experience is right for all members and all guests. Now, I'm speaking mostly of the natural, but that also can be spoken about in the spiritual. We are apostolic Pentecostal people. I want to tell you right now, the apostolic doctrine, you can trust me. I'm going to preach this apostolic doctrine. But when it comes to the experience, the Pentecostal experience, that takes all of us to make sure that we have a Pentecostal experience. Amen. The Pentecostal experience, all of us play a part in that. Through our worship, through our praise, through the anticipation, through the expectation, through pre-service prayer, all of it plays a part. In the Pentecostal experience. 
because the Pentecostal experience happens as soon as they hit that door. Oh, yes. Uh-huh. You ever walked into a church and walked into a building and said, whew, this feels good in here. Service hasn't even started yet. It feels good in here. But on the opposite side, have you ever walked in somewhere and said, oh, something wrong in here? <laughs> huh? Yeah, something, something, something. You don't even know what to say. You just, <laughs> something's not right. Something's not right. You say, well, I'm just here because they invited me. I'm just, that's right. You, you want to quickly get out of there. That experience happens immediately. I'm going to preach the doctrine, but I've got to trust you to help me with the experience. I'm telling you, I've got to trust you that as I give, you give. As I praise, you praise. When I pray, you pray. We all do this thing together. Because when I'm preaching the word and as I'm preaching the doctrine, I don't care if you've heard it all your life. You say, go ahead, preacher. That's right, preacher. That's good preaching. Hallelujah. Because there's somebody sitting about five or six seats away from you. They're not sure if this is truth. They're not sure what they're hearing. They just know something I feel is different. And as you begin to say, that's good preaching. That's right. You must be born again. That's right. It's of the water and of the spirit. That's right. You must be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. See what that does. It confirms to them and it squashes out the enemy that's trying to tell them uh, you don't have to listen to that oh because it happens oh yes it does it happens to many of you when we're preaching about deliverance when we're preaching about healing when we're preaching about being set free when we're preaching about how the Lord is able to bring you out and there's a voice from hell trying to convince you that you shall not be brought out but while that voice is trying to antagonize you and intimidate you, somebody in your row is shouting. Somebody in your row is dancing. And then all of a sudden, it just begins to rub off on you. And then you begin to say, shut up, devil. I've come to get my victory. I've come to have my joy. Hallelujah. Uh-huh. That's the Pentecostal experience. Somebody say one vision. Oh, that's part of the vision. Amen. That's part of the vision. Being apostolic is the doctrine. We'll be apostolic based on what we preach. But the Pentecostal comes across in the experience. It goes both ways. Amen, church? So it's important. Your presence is important. Is important. Your worship is important. Your praise unto him is important. Your pre-service prayer is important. Yes, it is. Your response to the word is important. From the front row to the back row, it's important. When you just simply say amen, you're confirming what you have heard. That's important. I'm telling you, church, we have to be a responding church. Can I, can I stay here? For just just give, me, give me one more minute. Because we must be a responding church. Response does two things. 
it produces an action within your spirit. And the second thing is that it is contagious to someone else. Yes. We must be a responding church. Because if the people of God that are sitting in this church right now don't have a mindset to respond, oh, you better believe the people that are crawling in here, the people that are uncertain walking in here, then their response just become affected. Amen. That's right. But preacher, what about the scripture that says, he who hungers and thirsts after righteousness shall be filled? Yes, that is true. But on a bigger scale, when people are in that moment of hunger and thirst, when they're in that moment saying, I've got to change, when they're in that moment saying, I've got to give it all to him, you don't think the devil is attacking them right there? You don't think the enemy is moving on their minds and I'll oh, just sit down. Just stay where you are. I know you came in here wanting to be baptized. I know you came in here wanting to be filled with God's spirit. But oh, not today. You just, oh, am I preaching? Just, just, just sit right there. Don't, don't move. Don't move. I know you came in here today wanting to be delivered. But uh, not, that's not for you today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we must be a church that responds. If you're with me, shout hallelujah. Response is important. It's part of the vision. And we must have one vision. Our mission, if you can have that for me. This is our mission statement. Our mission statement is one sentence. Somebody say hallelujah. Hallelujah. See, some, some of you chuckle. Some of you like, what's the point? just go look up mission statements matter of fact the company that some of y'all work for look up your company's mission statement oh I guarantee it's about three paragraphs long what's the mission Uh, it's too long (laughs) I don't know look up some churches look up the mission statement it tells everything about the church what's the mission everything (laughs) that's the best answer you can give everything that's right one sentence this will be our mission and I want this church it is a desire of mine for everybody to be able to quote the mission you will hear this mission statement said often you will hear it placed different places or excuse me, see it placed different places, but this is our mission. A place where you can belong, build a relationship with Jesus, and bless our world. Somebody say, belong, build, bless. Belong, build, bless. Those are the three principles right there. Give you a place to belong, you belong here you up in your relationship with Jesus Christ educate you teach you mentor you help mold you as you grow and edify in this body of Christ and now you can go out and bless the world 
Now you can be a witness. Now you can tell somebody else. Now you can bring other souls in. And now we can be a blessing monetarily as well. So everything that we do will be built around a place to belong, building a relationship with Jesus Christ, and blessing our world. A place where you can belong. Well, I like that some folks are already writing this down. Woo, I love that. Now, I'm not trying to con con convict anybody. That's not writing it down, okay? <laughs> Everybody start it's all right. A place where you can belong. Does everybody feel like they belong here? Yeah. Amen. Build a relationship with Jesus and bless our world. And bless our world. Leave that up there just for a moment if you could, please. I thank the Lord that he's dealt with me about the mission statement. Because visions can alter and change, but the mission should always stay the same. We can adjust things and alter things, but the mission should always stay the same. And it should be around belonging, building, and blessing. The three B's. Amen. Who, somebody preaching with me. Praise God. You're getting, you getting that response thing, aren't you? Three B's, three principles, very simple, very easy, easy to remember. We know that it is a sincere desire of mine to have multiple campuses throughout this city and our neighboring cities. It is a desire of mine to raise up ministry in this church that can go and be campus pastors. I want to encourage and remind everyone that that coffee shop back there will become and already is donation-based and proceeds will go to be to support missions, both North American missions and foreign missions. We know that this quarter throughout the rest of March, we're supporting Pastor Wright, Sister Shannon Wright, out of Logansport. Every quarter we'll change that out with different missions, whether it be home missions or North American missions, what they call it now, or foreign missions. God has dealt with me about missions. And to be honest with you, I really didn't know what to do or what direction to go when it comes to missions. I've talking, spoken with a few people, including Brother Carson, but this past weekend I was speaking with Brother Stark from Columbus, Ohio, and I was talking to him about my, my burden on missions, but I just don't know what, I said, I just don't know what to do. I don't know how to approach it. I don't know what's, what's the right thing to do. He said, Brother Robinson, let me tell you this. We gave more money to missions in the year of the pandemic than we ever have in years past. He said, I want to tell you something. If you can teach yourself and help educate this church to give to missions, he says, I'm telling you, your church will be blessed beyond measure. He said, when we made a decision to become a church that would give and bless others in foreign countries, God has in turn blessed us abundantly. So I have made a declaration with my leadership team and I spoke with Sister Whitney Gother and she's helping me with, with this. 
We are going to dedicate the month of October starting this year. That October, now I don't know what it looks like yet, can't talk about it. But all I had to do, I had to make a decision and say at least for one whole month in the month of October, which I think is, that's Pastor Appreciation Month, ain't it? Well, maybe we have to rearrange. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> the month of October will be dedicated to missions. The entire month, we're going to focus on educating people on what missions is. We're going to be dedicated to talking about it, raising funds to bless other missionaries on foreign ground and on home ground. And I'm telling you, we ought to clap our hands unto the Lord because I thank God for that. Amen. Amen. I don't know what that looks like yet, but we're going to be working on it. Because we need not just an older generation to know what missions is all about. I guarantee you everybody that under the age of 40 probably in this church does not know much about missions. Guarantee it. If, we was, if I was to ask to explain it and what is it, that we must change. Somebody say one vision. It's important. And I believe that when we do this, we will be blessed. Is that true, Brother Carson? I have a desire to have multiple campuses and the Lord has placed in my heart that we'll have multiple campuses here in Lafayette. Of course, we're here on the east side now, believing one on the south side, even West Lafayette. God has placed Rossville on my heart, but I believe planting churches is important to be able to reach as many people as possible. And I believe that we have the tools, the people, and the favor of God in this church to be able to do something like this. We are spending a lot of time in teaching and training and developing. I'm going to be talking a lot about teaching, training, and developing. I'm telling you, if you want to be a part and be involved, you're in the right church. Ask God to give you a desire, a burning desire. What can I do? What can I be a part of? How can I help and assist in any area that I can? Because as God continues to help us and elevate us, we're going to need support and people. We're going to need people that are just simply here. Because we can have, and you specifically can have a desire to want to do something and be a part. But if we cannot be, if we can't count on you, what good is that? You have to make yourself available. That is important. It is important with the Lord. We must make ourselves available unto him to present our bodies. The Bible says a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto the Lord, which is our reasonable service. Amen. It's our reasonable service. And I'm telling you, I know God is going to do just that the bible says in nehemiah chapter 6 as i wind this up here verses 15 and 16 it says so the wall was finished the 20th and 5th day of the month of elol in 52 days and it came to pass that when all our enemies heard thereof what was done and all the heathen that were about us saw these things they were much cast down in their own eyes they could not believe it they were discouraged themselves for they perceived that this work was wrought 
of our God. I'm telling you what's going to take place is going to be from the Lord. This is not going to be a man-made thing, a man-made church, but it's going to be of the Lord. Let's stand to our feet right now. Let's worship the Lord just for a moment. Clap your hands unto the Lord. Let's magnify Jesus Christ. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. Amen, amen. One vision. We're on the same page, one accord, understanding what the direction is. It's important for all of us to have that one vision. Lord, use me. Lord, send the right people to this church. We have a, in, in my eyes, we have an immediate gap in a few areas, but one that is very concerning to me that I need your help with, I need your prayer with. We, we need some people, and, and, and my wife and I have some, some people in mind, we've, we've, but we'll, we'll see what the, the Lord has in store. Ages 7 to 12 in this church. From, you can maybe go a little younger than that, but at least at the age of 7 to 12. We don't have anyone that focuses on that age group. Amen. That can talk to them. See, every parent that had a kid from 7 to 12, y'all ought to be jumping up and down right now saying, praise God. <laughs> Help us, Lord. I thought Sister Katrina do a cartwheel right now. Amen. Yeah, 7 to 12. We, 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 we need help. Amen. We, we, if we try to wait till they get 13, 14 to try to pl plug them in and do things, we, we've, waited, we've, we've lost years. We've lost years. And we can't afford that. We've got to start working on these kids at 8, 9, 10, 11. I've seen some kids... Eight, nine years old, just a spiritual praying, crying out to the Lord, laying out on the floor, not coloring, but laying out on the floor praying. Amen. And if we had, if we had some help that can help teach that and, and mold that, by the time they get 13, 14, look out. Look out. Instead of us trying to flip a switch once they hit 16, saying, Lord, I got two more years with them. Oh, uh-uh. We, we, we got to start them out when they're six. Seven, uh, can I, somebody say amen. amen. So help me pray about that, all right, church? One vision. One vision. Help me pray about that. That's a gap. We need to fill that gap. We need to fill that gap. There's specific gaps that we still have. As much as God is blessing us, and he's blessing us. He's blessing us. I thank the Lord because of the growth. I thank the Lord for it. He's blessing us in many ways, in many areas, but there's still some opportunities that are very important that we need to feel. All right? Because the Lord is going to do it. God's going to do this. He's going to open up the door. He's going to make the way. God's going to do this. I'm telling you, I'm excited not only about our future, but I'm excited about the present. God is doing some great things right now in people's lives. And he's going to continue to bless us. But we must be on the same page. 
one vision, working towards it, knowing this is where pastor wants to go. The mission statement, we understand it. This is where we're going. This is what I'm believing for. We have to give people a place to belong. All of us matter in that. Every one of us, we belong here. We must build our relationship. We must work out our own salvation with fear and trembling. We must continue to build our relationship, helping one another, strengthening one another, confessing our faults one to another, praying one for another. The Bible says that we may be healed, building our relationship in Jesus Christ. That's why charting your course is so important. Amen. Learning, educating, not be afraid. I, I got a question here. I'd rather you ask me a question or bury a question of those teachers that are in charting your course. Ask us a question before we go to somebody else in the world. Amen. Come to us. Ask questions. Find out. So then we can answer the Bible way and not somebody's opinion. Because when we do those things, we will bless our world. We will bless our world.